0: Welcome to this place of joy filled anticipation of good things from a good God. We got one life lens, and that is God is good, and He has good things in store for us, and we are ready to receive all that He's finished. If you haven't met me yet, my name is Nate. I'm the lead pastor, I'm part of the team here at Hope. And man, this is our fifth and final week of our CHOMP series. How many guys have been enjoying this series thus far? It's awesome awesome thank you john well yeah this series has been challenging us to do a couple things uh to pay attention to appetites is one of those things right pay attention to what you are hungry for because everything advances in the direction of my strongest appetite everything advances it moves forward in my life in the direction of what i'm most hungry for right what you feed on will flourish in your life's existence You know, the other day I was on a, uh, I drove by a billboard and I saw, I don't know if you've seen this, it's over um, on 86, I believe it is, and these McDonald's fries, it's like a new billboard, these McDonald's fries just popped out to me and it made me so hungry for fries. I don't usually see fries on billboards, but I saw fries on this billboard. How many know what I'm talking about? And uh, it's like, man, I didn't want it, but people could talk about it, you know, not appealing. If you drove by the place, not appealing. No thought, no desire to stop for french fries. But once I see it, something shifts. Once I see it, something shifts. I don't know about you, but my favorite fast food fry is McDonald's french fries. Way better than Burger King. Even the curly fries of Arby's, they're good. And I don't really like McDonald's that much, but I love their fries. I think the fries are the best thing McDonald's got going for them. Kind of like breadsticks at Olive Garden. You don't go to Olive Garden for anything else. It's the breadsticks. You lose the breadsticks, you lose the whole chain, right? So once you see it, ever say, see it. Yeah. Something shifts when you see it. Sometimes you even have to like take a double take to say, whoa, there's fries right there on that billboard. And all of a sudden you have an appetite to chomp. Sharks, did you know sharks have amazing eyes? My last shark fact for you in the series they can see so well in dark water because of a layer of mirrored crystals behind their retina they have this extra layer of a mirror and it reflects light giving them a second chance to see the image as it goes through the retina again so it's almost like they have a double take built right into their eyes they see a fish swim by it's like chomp chomp right it's like boom boom i saw it and then i saw it i saw it and then i saw it everybody say i saw it and then i double took and i was like man i saw it again and this, this layer also makes it so they can see in murky water. And it means they can see up to 10 times better than we can in regular clear water. So imagine seeing underwater 10 times clearer. I've done some scuba. I've done some deep dives. I've done uh, snorkeling. 10 times better. No wonder they can chomp on anything. You, do, you think they eat less anchors and armors and, you know, they can see so clear. It, it, I want you to catch this. It's their sight that makes them so ready to strike and chomp. It's the way they see it. How do you see it? It's the way you see it that makes you ready to strike or to step back. I see it and I'm ready to strike. Other people see it sometimes, they're ready to step back. What you see is where you go. And sometimes you have to take a double take. It looks like a problem at first, but then you see, wow, this could be my passion. It looks like an obstacle at first and you're like, Double take! oh, there's an opportunity there to make some money. You catching what I'm saying? The same was true for Joshua and Caleb in Numbers 13, verse 25. It says, when they returned from spying out the land after 40 days, so they are going out to see something, they saw something, and billboards are flashing by. They brought back word to them and all the congregation, and they showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told Moses and all the people, 'We we went to the land where you sent us and we took a double take. It truly flows with milk and honey, and its fruit is ginormous. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large, talking about Jericho. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Anakites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. Also, the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb, hushed the people, because they were all like, oh my gosh, there is a lot of really big fries out there, right? It's like a lot of stuff. Caleb quieted the people. Now, if I read the rest of the narrative, the Bible says Caleb and Joshua, they told the truth, but they brought back a good report. There were 12 spies, but only two, Caleb and Joshua, saw their prey and brought back a good report. Other people saw problems, they saw prey. Some people were thinking like shrimp, and others were thinking like Sharks. I want you to hear what a good report sounds like so you can get it in your spirit. It's a faith filled, impossible, problem solving, healthy mindset. I said it's a faith filled, (laughs) impossible, problem solving, healthy mindset. The Bible said, but Caleb and Joshua had a different spirit than the other ten. They had a can do spirit do you have a can't do spirit or do you have a can do spirit i can do all things through christ who strengthens me that's what a believer really has a can do spirit they don't tell you what won't work and why we can't do it they'll say i know how we could do it and here's that we can do it ever say we can do it they don't have this critical spirit saying this can't be done we're not able instead they're critical thinkers in their workplace critical thinkers there's a big difference between a critical spirited person and a critical thinking person where everybody else saw problems they saw the promised land of god they saw the promises and the faithfulness of god where everybody else is seeing obstacle they see opportunity and some would say man you're so naive you guys are so young and so dumb some would say they're very immature Some would say they were zealous and inexperienced. But in reality, they're the only two people that are pleasing God. Millions, three and a half million people. Two of them are pleasing God. Why? Because they are faith-filled, solution-minded, critical thinkers, not critical, complaining, spirited people. They had a different spirit within them. Do you have a different spirit within you? The spirit of Christ is not a complainer. It's a champion spirit. It's a can-do spirit. It's not critical. Thi- uh, it's not critical spirit. It's critical thinking. It's like solving problems. They were a people. These two men were a people of joyful anticipation of good things from a good God who was faithful to His promises. They said, "Nothing is impossible. We are well able." We say, "We are well able." And so when the people start hearing about the giants, they start getting shaky because the other spies were saying, this is fortified. Their people are for real out there. They're big and strong, and we feel so small next to them. When everybody gets shaky, Caleb, the real leader, steps up. And he settles everybody down in their shakiness. Verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Listen to what he said. Let us go up at once. Right now, Moses. I'm talking about right now. Right now. Do you know now faith is? The substance of things joyfully anticipated and the evidence of things you can't see yet. Now faith He says, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome this thing. My God, I love Caleb. I want to be surrounded by a church full of Caleb-spirited people. People of a different spirit. I want to run with Caleb people. God, I cannot wait for more Caleb's to arise and every critical spirit person to disperse in Jesus' name. Because we are those people of faith, hope, and love. That's what my Bible says, faith, hope, and love. These are these people that when things don't look good, we're faith-filled, we're hope-filled, we're love-filled. We are those people who are known for what we are for, not what we're against, not how bad the earth is. He said, don't be intimidated by what you see in front of you. If God said it's yours, go get it in the name of Jesus. What do you see? Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. You might call it a realistic report. I want you to hear what a bad report sounds like according to the word of God. A realistic report. You might say, well, I'm a realist. I call it like I see it. I want to encourage you. Stop it. Here's the thing. You don't know the God I know when you do that. He commands us to call it as if it were, when you can't see it. I'm so glad he takes the things that are not, hello, that's me, and calls them as if they were, even though they're not yet. Aren't you glad he sees more in you than you see in yourself? Aren't you glad he calls different than you call it like yourself? I want you to feel the difference between champion sound and what losers sound like. I want you to feel it strong because we got a spirit that's different in us and out of our heart, our mouth speaks. We're not speaking the language of a loser. We are speaking the culture of champions. Come on, somebody. That's who we are. And I like to declare you can call it immature. You can call it naive. Call it what you want to call it. Don't got to put no extras on it, but I'm bringing a good report. I'm bringing a good report. We are those people of faith-filled solution. Come on, church. They said the land which we've gone through has spies. And it devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are men of, get ready for it, great stature. And J- Joshua's like, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. I love this church. You all, you all knew it, right? The bigger they come, the harder they fall. The really tall people, oh my gosh, you sure you're afraid? Tall people fall hard when they fall. There we saw the giants, the sense of Anna come from the giants, and we were like, here's, here it is, we were like grasshoppers, shrimp in our own sight and in theirs, and so we were in their sight. We were like grasshoppers in our sight, and so we were in their sight. This is what we call shrimp sight, not shark sight. And now all of a sudden they're thinking and speaking for people that don't even know that they exist. Oftentimes you won't even pursue God's dream for your life because you're talking for people that don't even know you exist. You're thinking people are thinking about you that never thought about you a day in their life. You're thinking they have all this uh, opinion. They don't even know who you are. And you're thinking about them, but they don't even know. They don't know you. They have no idea the things that God's going to do in and through you, that the world is waiting for you because he put it inside of you. They don't know who you are. I want you to notice that. I want you to catch this. Whatever they believed about themselves, everybody around them just started believing as well. Everybody thinks I'm a loser. Well, it's because you believe that, that everybody's going to put that on you. And they will just adjust to your belief about yourself. So you got 10 guys who are supposed to, so opposed to these two guys so opposed. They all looked at the same thing, but two of them took a double take. They saw something different. They had some shark sight because what you look at is nice in the world, but what you see when you look is what makes it next level. Everything's nice, but what you see when you look is what makes you next level and your opportunity to solve problems next level. You are the X factor. It's your perspective. It's your lens on life that changes your life. And I found that God will give you glimpses of good things that he has in store for you to remind us that we are not where we are or who we are even, but there is something in front of us that is far greater than what is behind us. He will give you a flash of your future and then send you back to normalcy where you are and say, hold on, wait just a minute, there is more in store for you. I want to talk to some people in this room that have gotten flashes that they know I am more than what meets the eye today. A glimpse that there is something ahead of you that's worth fighting for. A taste from God that suggests you don't have to give up right here. You don't have to throw in the towel right here. Why? I've tasted something in God. And I know he has more in store for me. I'm going to do something awesome with your life, God says, over your life. Sometimes God will allow you to spy out your future. These men were given permission to spy out their future while you are still in your present have you ever got a glimpse from God a flash of your future have you ever spied out anything in your future he'll give you a dream a touch a taste a glimpse a meeting a moment and he will give it to you so that you will not allow your current situation to become your permanent location you say you might be here now but you got a bigger thing coming And he'll give it to you to remind you that if you keep on fighting, I've got something in your future that is far greater than your past, people of hope. You have no idea the good things I have in store for you. You need to realize there is power in a preview. Go ahead, write it down. The power of a preview. Most of the money you've ever spent in your life was because there was a power in a preview. Every movie, every product, every experience, every Disney trip, Every Disney moment, every online profile that you saw when you were dating people, every resume that you handed into your job application, the power of a preview is at play in everything you do. Whether you hear it or you see it or you uh, hear it from other people, it's the power of a preview. And once you see, you start to get hungry. And once they see, they get hungry. It's the difference between a second date, the third date, and the fourth date. It's the power of the preview of the first date. Most movies would never be seen without the power of the preview. Wouldn't even know they exist. Who cares? No desire. Most trips would never be taken if you didn't see what was out there. People didn't used to vacation in the 1800s. They had no idea what was out there. It's the power of a preview. Once you see it, once you get a glimpse of what's going on, you get after it. Oh, I gotta see that one. Oh, I gotta take that trip. Oh, I'm gonna do whatever it takes come hell or high water to get after that date, that second date. You get what I'm saying? See, Joshua was the X factor because of what he saw. What do you see? Do you have shark sight? Do you have shrimp sight? God gave him in the 11 guys a preview of the promise of God, the promise of the land that he promised them. But it was his perspective on the preview that pushed him to pursue. Perspective of the preview pushes you. If you were to keep reading, you would hear him talking about these giants in the land. And it's in number somewhere. They got the verse for it. He said, they are bread for us. Don't be afraid of these people of the land, for they are bread for us. Looking at these enemy giants makes me hungry. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready to, to chomp. I'm chomping at the bit. My battles are my bread. Tell your neighbor, my battles are my bread. I love these kinds of people. I mean, when I encounter these kinds of people, I want to do like a chest bump with them. I just love people who see their foes as their fuel, who view other people's frustrations as food that fuels them. Your frustration is food that fuels me to get promotion. He gets fired up and he says, these giants are food for us. So you got 10 guys seeing it and saying, there are giants in the land, we can't go in because they're people of great stature. You got two other guys saying, I eat giants like this for breakfast. You eat giants for breakfast? Yeah, I eat giants like this for breakfast. This battle is my brunch. I'm hungry, and we are well able to take this city. I eat giants of poverty for breakfast. I eat giants of doubt for breakfast. I eat giants of heartbreak for breakfast. The thing I want you to catch this is you get to define the destiny in front of you. You get to be the X factor that sees it right, says it right, and defines it right to get to your destined outcome. Two people look at a roller coaster. One defines it as nauseating and anxiety-filled. Another one defines it as exhilarating and joy-filled. One person will stand in line and wait for it because it's worth the wait. The other person will avoid it at all costs and say, it's a waste of time. Same roller coaster, two different lenses. Who are you? The anxious, fear-filled one, oh, I don't do roller coasters. Or the ones like, I'm going to stand here for an hour to ride the stinking Superman. I'm a shark. And that's what's going on here. Two people's definition of the same thing. Two different definitions of the same thing. One sees amazing, the other sees awful. Some are hungry and some are full. Are you hungry to see what God can do in your life? Or are you full? I've had enough challenge. I've had enough stretching. I've gone enough places. I know everything I need to know about God. I'm going to heaven. I'm full. I'm full, pastor. But all 12 of them are looking at the same thing. And what I love about is the Bible applauds Joshua and Caleb for being hungry. You hear a lot about Joshua and Caleb. They were the ones that came back and gave great report with good news for all people of great joy. I mean, it sounds just like the gospel. Come on. The angel says, I got good news of great joy joy for all people come on and they're like i got a good report it's insane it's impossible it's illogical but we are well able if you notice the bible never mentions the other 10 men what were their names we don't know here's why because nobody ever remembers negative people So if you fall on that side in 2021, your name will not be remembered. Your opinion won't really matter. At the end of the story, you might look the loudest in your friend circle. You might be talking loud, but God will honor your word the least. Just because you're loudest doesn't make you right. You might grab the attention of all the people. (gasps) They might be sucking air because they're tall too. (gasps) But you're losing the attention of God the one who matters most. People might be interested in what you're saying. Oh my gosh, drama, drama, drama. (laughs) But you're losing the attention of God. You know what God's attention is drawn to? People of faith. People of faith please him. The word of God says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And I see a lot of doubtful confessions going on. A lot of doubt-filled people talking loud. But guess what? They're losing with the one who matters the most. He's giving them the least attention. Because doubt does not draw God. Faith does. You want to stir up his hunger? You want to stir up his appetite? Come on, be a person of faith. Have a bold confession. I am well able. We are well able. We can do this. Because the people who get remembered in his story, history, the people who get remembered are the confident people, are the critical thinking people, the people who look in the face of adversity and say, we are well able in the middle of adversity. Let's crush it. Take this mountain. We were born for such a time as this. I don't care if there are giants. These giants are bred for us and we get fueled by other people's frustrations. We get fueled by trouble. We get fueled by adversity. Am I talking to anybody in this place with a Joshua and Caleb spirit? Come on, somebody. I mean, that gets me so jacked up just reading it. Tell your neighbor, my battles are my breakfast. My battles are my breakfast. If you have a hard time sticking with this or uttering these confessions, battles are my bread. I want to challenge you. You might not be a believer. You might be more of a doubter. I don't care how long you've been sitting in the seat if you have a hard time embracing the good things that God has in store for you. I want to challenge you. Battles are supposed to be bred. I'm not a complainer, I'm more than a conqueror. I want you to understand. These same people that are complaining, saying we cannot take the city, we can't enter the promises are the same people who have seen God part the Red Sea. They're Christians. They've been in church, seen a lot of miracles. They've seen God overthrow the most feared leader on the planet. Pharaoh and his mighty military militia have crumbled to these slave people. They walked out of the slave slums with all the wealth that Egypt had that they could carry. They were getting paid as they were getting set free. They left with the gross economy of Egypt in their pockets because the Bible said, and God gave them the favor with the Egyptians, and they plundered them. They plundered them. God repaid them in one day for 400 years of free labor. Come on, that's amazing. They saw everything that was stolen come back to them. I'm preaching now. This is called supernatural restoration. And they went out into sand. You can't till sand. You can't grow in sand. You you can't do anything with sand. And so they're out there standing in sand with all this gold and all this wealth and all these riches. And they wake up every morning to a free breakfast buffet. God's got manna on the ground and low-flying quail. If you read it right, God's got bread and birds every day for them. A whole nation drinks water out of rocks. Three and a half million people and their cattle and their livestock drinking fresh water out of a rock in the desert and drinking it because Moses spoke to it. The sun cannot scorch them because God gives them a cloud by day to be air conditioned. At nighttime, they don't get cold because he gives them a pillar of fire by night. They can't get lost or captured because everywhere they go, the cloud and the pillar lead them into safety. These people have seen the Red Sea parts, military machines overthrown. They've eaten out of the hand of God for 40 years, miracle after miracle after miracle. And now all of a sudden, they're scared of tall people? The Christians are scared of tall people. I just do not receive that the people who have seen God do all these great things have all of a sudden grown a fear, a phobia of tall people. Let me tell you what's going on here. It's the same thing that's going on in this church. The word grasshopper tipped me off. They've come out of slavery and now they're dwelling in tents and they got nothing other than what God gives them on a daily basis. And they're looking into this new season with so much room for growth, it's overwhelming to them. I mean, it's beyond challenging. It's like a New York City metropolis to slaves. They're looking at structure, organization, infrastructure, military might, judicial systems, commerce, currency. They're looking at trade and business. They're standing there and the magnitude of these people's ingenuity, and they become intimidated. These people are so, so amazing, and I'm so normal. Any Christians relating to what I'm talking about? They're looking at their ingenuity, and they are intimidated by the world. They become intimidated on the brink of something new to them, something foreign to them, by something they feel like they're not, and they can never be. This has very little to do with God and a lot to do with themselves. It's really not about the size of their God that's holding them back. It's their size of their self-belief that is holding them back. It's the same thing today. This has very little to do with the God they saw do all these amazing things and a lot to do with the belief in self. Which is, I believe, the more important issue for most believers, if not the majority of believers in this room and all over watching online today. And that is their thinking. It takes a giant to inhabit that kind of land. It takes a giant to inhabit that kind of new habitual lifestyle. And I'm not a disciplined person. I don't do habits very well. It takes a giant to really own that dysfunction. I don't think I can ever be a giant. I can't go there. I don't believe or give myself permission to go there. I don't give myself permission to dream there. I don't give myself permission to plan there. I deserve, I belong back here in the slave slums. I do not give my permission to think like a giant who inhabits. I think of myself as a a tiny little worm, and I say, what's for breakfast again, God? Would you please just give me my daily bread? I got nothing wrong with devotions every day, but that is a poverty mindset. Would you just help me survive one more second? I deserve, I belong back here i got to be a giant in order to inhabit that. I'm not a giant, so I'll just step back. Can I have bread and birds that fly low every day? Because you know what? I've been trained and ingrained to grab everything that's low. I don't reach for higher. Higher birds, I don't catch them. Just give me the lowest of the lowest of the lowest, and I'll be happy because I'll be happily alive. Make it easy for me, God. I don't want to eat problems for breakfast. I want pathetic for breakfast. So I feel great about my failures because I like low-flying fruits, low-flying things. That's why I married him. That's why I keep going after this relationship. That's why I keep getting this low job at my workplace. I embrace low things. <laughs> Take care of me, God, with free, free, free comfortability. Ooh, man, I'm hitting the nerves. I don't know if you can feel it online, but it's thick in here. See, why were they in the desert for 40 years? Because God can get you out of Egypt in one day. God can do great things on your behalf for a very long time, time and time again. But that doesn't mean you're believing in yourself to be anything but a lucky slave saved by grace. Well, brother, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, that's not what you are. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only. You're not sliding your way into eternity. You were not born to just slide. You were born to reign here on the earth. That's what my Bible keeps telling me. I mean, he can take you out of the slave slums in a day, but unless you receive it right and shift into a warrior, he's trying to take them from slaves and turn them into soldiers. It may take forever to get Egypt out of you unless you become a soldier. It may take forever for you to get to believe in you that you are anything except for a slave. As a matter of fact, for these three and a half million people, they never actually believed it. And they stayed slaves. I want to tell you a sad story. For these three and a half million people, most of them died slaves that had been set free. And most Christians live lives of slavery, even though they've been set free by Jesus. Bondage of sin and darkness. And their lives are no more liberated than any loser without Jesus. Same depression, same anxiety. Sometimes they just fake it better. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And most of the people of God died slaves that had been set free. God, don't let us be those people. And I want you to catch this, the power of the group. Listen, poverty-minded people literally held a whole nation back. Ten poverty-minded people held them back from their true potential that they really have. How? By speaking the facts about their nation. By speaking the facts about the culture. By speaking the facts about the way they saw it. By telling us about tall people details. Who cares how tall they are? And God had them out there in a desert trying to purge a mindset that was a grass-homper, shrimpy complex. That most people carry in 2021. The reason they could not inhabit was not because of what they saw in front of them in 2021. It's because of the way they saw themselves in 2021. It's not what is out in front of you that matters. It's who you are within you that matters. How do you see yourself? It doesn't matter what you see out here. The only thing that matters is how you see yourself. I don't care how big your God is. God himself will not... not, allow you. You will block God himself from doing great things in your life because of the way you think about yourself. And if you don't see yourself clearly in your head, if you don't talk to yourself clearly, you'll always be on the outside of your real life looking in at what you could be. And you'll never inhabit the blessings, the greatness, the promises that God literally has for you. Literally all you got to do is walk forward in circles and shout. One day, and everything changes. It's not because you can't do it, but it's because of what you think you can and can't do that stops you. As a man thinks in his heart thought, in his heart think, so his subconscious life leads him. See, Joshua and Caleb were screaming, Let's go get it! We can do this! Let's chomp! I'm so hungry! I eat challenge for breakfast. This battle is my bread. These giants are bread for us. Not God is well able. No, 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 no. You, you missed the first word. We, we are well able with God. And there's a big difference. Yes, with God, all things are possible. But until you believe in you too, uh, it doesn't matter what God can do. He's looking to partner with you. I love the emphasis that Caleb brought. Unlike Moses, come on, Caleb, Caleb, unlike Moses, he didn't say let's pray about it because God can do it. He didn't say, stand still and watch the Lord your God do something. Moses told the people to stand still and watch God move at the Red Sea. Stand still and watch your God move. But Caleb learned from that bad theology, and God corrected his leader at the Red Sea. And he says, let's not pray about it, Moses. Let's move, because we can do it. We are well able, and God is with us. Well, be careful, Pastor. Pastor. Self-reliance and a little pride sneaking in there. I see the self-reliance. Wait a minute. It's not pride to believe that God is with you. (laughs) It's called the truth. It's actually more proudful to believe God comes and goes and that you actually do anything by yourself. And the confidence comes from knowing the truth. The Bible says the truth of God's presence with you will set you free. And until you start confessing the truth, believing the truth, operating in the truth, you will be stuck and not set free. And because he had confidence that God was with him, he wasn't focused on the fact that he couldn't do it and it was impossible. The fact was they couldn't do it and it was impossible. It looked like what he had to do, he could see. He said, it's impossible. But if he looked at what God had to do, if he looks at what he can do, it's impossible. But if he can see what God can do, he knew it was possible. So his commission to the people. His people of hope were, we can, we are well able. We can, not he can. We can. Come on, somebody. We can. We can. And the people knew God could. Believe me, these people knew God could. I mean, look at what he's done in the past 40 days. They were only stuck on the we part, not the he part. And you might spiritualize it and say it's the he part. But I, I want to tell you, it is not him. There is nothing wrong with your God. He is able. he's mighty to save. He's well able. He can do all things with him inside of him. We can do all things. He is not the problem. It's the we part. Believing in self, not him. Well, if I could just believe in God more. How about you believe in yourself a sliver? Just a tiny bit because he created you. And to reject what he put inside of you is to reject him. And so your whole thought style, your whole lifestyle is a slap in his face saying, I don't like what you made, and you didn't do a good job. We can do it. Ever say, we can"? we can. Because the land is ours. I mean, God told Moses way back at a burning bush, I have given you the land. I don't have to pray about what God already told my leader Moses. I want to ask you, what are you pray- why are you praying about stuff that God already put in his word? Here it is. Let us go. Get it at once. And in reality, God would let the walls fall at any time. Your life is amazing. (laughs) You just got to believe in yourself. You can do the impossible. You just got to believe in God and yourself. And when they finally went in, they shouted and walls fell over. I want you to say, of course God knocked over walls. You don't shout at walls and see them fall over. But I want to tell you, God was with them 40 years before that happened in the same exact way. Just as much as he was with them 40 years after that happened. And the sad part is, everybody had to die in the desert before they could walk in, shout, and see a victory. So uncomplicated. But that was under Joshua's leadership. Joshua was leading the people when that happened. Moses had been dead for a while or just disappeared. Moses and Joshua are different types of leaders. Moses is more pastoral. He doesn't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Moses wants everybody to like him. He struggled with self-doubt and insecurity from day one. But I got a stuttering problem. And guess what? Because Moses didn't believe in himself, everyone suffered. Millions of people suffered. As they wandered around for 40 years, troubling stifling over his insecurity don't be that guy have some confidence Moses then Moses dies God says tag Joshua you're it you've been in my presence you've been getting after it you are hungry for what I can do but also what you can do tag you're it lead my people you've got this you are well able and then he tells him like six times only be strong and very courageous as you lead only be strong only choose strength only strong and courageous I'm sick of working with a wimpy leader who fluctuates between weakness and strength. Weakness and strength. We Only be strong and very courageous, for I am with you. Secondary, for I am with you. Secondary, you be strong and you be courageous because I'm with you. And he's like, I am so sick of this. I'm so sick of these whining, complaining, miserable Christians. Instead of everyone else being the shark chasing you around in fear, guess what? You're about to become the shark, Joshua. And you're going to swim away from you because you have the greater one on your side. Everyone is about to know your name and more importantly, fear your God. They're going to know the name of the God of Moses, the God of Joshua, the God of Caleb. Now, remember, they've been wandering around like shrimp in the desert for 40 years. Joshua walks back into the camp and he says, You got three days. <laughs> I love this guy. They've been wandering for 40 years. Joshua walks into the camp after Moses disappears. He's like, You got three days, everybody. Well, you got to turn the ship slow because people need time to adjust to new leadership. you got three days. They've been out there four decades. He said, you got three days. Pack your bags. Get your babies. We're going in. We're taking this city. And they give God a shout on the seventh day. And the walls fall. And they go in and inhabit their promise. Who am I talking to in this building? Come on. It's time to say goodbye, grasshopper. Hello, great white sharks. Do we have any sharks in the house? Any sharks watching online? If only sharks roared or something, we could do like a shark roar. It just sounds like underwater roaring. Give me your best shark roar, everybody. Are you getting this online? It's so good. Goodbye, grasshopper complex. Goodbye, grasshopper worth goodbye grasshopper garbage mentality hello great white shark mindset i'm ready to chomp just because this series is over doesn't mean i'm over we're not done yet we're gonna keep eating and chomping and inhabiting and devouring what they said would devour us i'm no longer a grasshopper in my sight or anybody else's i'm a giant killer they said that land would devour us we're about to devour the land Giants are bred for me. I have a new appetite and a new self-confidence and a new, wait a minute, God's the same. He's always been the same. Caleb said, give me my mountain. I'm a great white shark. I am well able to take what's in front of me in 2021. God's the same. I want you to catch this. God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So if you're feeling like extra favor today. Just know you're wrong. You've been favored like that your whole life. I'm feeling extra blessed. You're wrong. You've been blessed your whole life. Man, things are really coming together. They've been coming together forever. The difference is not God. The difference is you. Stop blaming God for stuff. That is on you. We see time and time again, you do what you can do, and God will do what only he can do and he's waiting for you, looking for reasons to bless you, looking for a mindset to inhabit, looking for a confession that's clean, looking for you to just give him an excuse to believe that he's able and you're able. You know, growing up, I had this friend who had like this big yellow lab, and it was so cute. I mean, it was just this huge little monster of a lab, and it always looked, their, their house always looked like the house that the dog is running around rampantly, you know, but they had one of those invisible fences underground around their house, where the, if the dog crossed the line, he'd get zapped in the neck. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So he learned as a puppy, if I cross this line and in these invisible lines, I get zapped and he'd pull back and he'd stay in the yard as long as he could. Well, one time we wanted to take the dog hiking in the woods with us. And we were like, come on, let's go out with the dog in the woods, right? So we took the zap collar off and changed it out for a regular collar. Well, when we went to leave their yard, the dog was so ingrained, it would not cross that invisible line. We're like, come on, you got this. We pulled on a leash. It was dragging its feet. You know what I'm saying? No, don't do it to me. Fighting. I mean, tooth and nail and claw and paw to stay in the yard. Fighting to stay in its limitations. And we tried to pick up the big yellow lab and carried across the line Say, hey, guess what? We got you. You can do this. And it would start freaking out, flailing in my arms, and I had to drop it because it was like twice the size of me. We had to wrestle this huge dog that was free just to be free. And he was so stubborn. He was so right, and he was so wrong. I'm like, come on, how can I convince this big, huge, mammoth thing to not scratch me when I'm trying to set it free? To not be mad at me while I'm trying to liberate it. See, you see this from one side. I see it from the other side. I got a lot of big yellow labs in here. Ah, get off of me. If I cross that line, I will gouge your eyes out. Get down, puppy. It's better out here. We had to wrestle the dog to be free, but it was already free because the thing is, he didn't know he had been delivered. He thought like a slave, even though he was saved. He doesn't know that he has a, a new zapper collar on, a free from zapper. But after a while, what got, what got ingrained in his head? Can you tell me? Don't go beyond this point. Don't believe for bigger beyond this point. Don't have hope and joyful anticipation beyond this point. And even though the Deliverer has come, I know who Jesus is. Don't, di- don't mess with me. I know my theology. Don't go beyond this point. He's still living under the perimeter of his past experiences with God and with people. He's facing a brand new opportunity in summertime under the same perimeter of his past experience. Oh, come on now. I'm preaching. So he's a prisoner who's been set free not knowing that he's liberated to go any place he wants to go. But in his mind, and only in his mind, he can't go there. In reality, he's free, but in his reality, he is freaking out. He's scared, he's trapped, he's imprisoned, all in his mind. See, there are so many people that don't understand that Jesus has come and taken the shackles off of you. The shock collar of sin and death has been removed from your neck. You no longer live by the consequences of sin and death. Come on, you are free indeed in Jesus. But you're going to have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're going to have to take the word of God and begin to pull the collar off your mind. Because even though your neck is free, your mind is still trapped. So you don't think your future progress is based off your past pain. I don't care what happened to you up to this point into your life. God can give you a brand new future. And God can come in and begin to take you across a line this summer. This is my heart. This is my prayer at the end of this series. That God will get you to cross the line that you've never been able to get across before in your life. Come on. If you believe God wants you to take somewhere you, you've never been before, you, you make someone you've never been before, just give him five seconds of praise in this place. Say, God, I'm with you on this. I'm running with you. Shout yes. I'm going there. It's so sad. But there are invisible fence lines that never let you leave your old whatever. <laughs> and I want to say, God doesn't start warring things around you. He starts the battle within you. If you're going to win out here, you got to win in here. He knows if you're going to change your thinking, you will change your life. If you change your fence rationale, you can change your future's reality. If you change your fence's rationale, you can change your future's reality. I want to ask you today, is it possible that you are living so far beneath your potential and you think it's normal and you're afraid? And you're the only thing holding yourself back. I want you to realize as soon as I got that collar off that dog, I opened him up to a brand new world, but he couldn't go claim it. Not because he was stuck in life, but because he was stuck in his head. I wonder for how many of you there's something amazing that's waiting for you, but your past has told you you cannot go beyond this point. And God's on the other side of the perimeter saying, let's go! Let's have a go at it. Let's have a life to the fullest that I promised you. There's a great adventure for you. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. All of my promises are yes and amen. Come on. Come on, little puppy. I got great promises for you, puppy. Great promises. You'll sniff more than you've ever sniffed in your life. But you won't move because you're stuck in your head. Today, I'm believing. You're going to make a decision to bust out of invisible lines that have trapped you for years. To break through everything that's been holding you back. That you are going to change. Not what you believe about God. Again, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. He's so good, and he's got this. He's good for his word, and all of his promises are yes. The Israelites had no problem believing in God. Neither do you most of the time. He did amazing things in their life. That they weren't worthy for, worthy of, and He'll do the same thing for you. So you're not going to change what you believe about God this morning. You're going to change what you believe about yourself. And that's going to make all the difference. Today is the day you cross the lines. Your old collar said you would never cross. And you're going to believe it was for freedom, and adventure, and a life to the fullest that Christ has set you free for. Be free today, people of hope. He who the sun sets free, come on, say it with me, are free indeed. If you believe it, shout yes in this place. Let it be so. Come on, we take you at your word, God. We say yes and amen to all of your yes and amen. And we get an alignment in our thinking, in our inner man. We surrender to you, God, and say, not the past. It's not what we're going to live by. We're going to live by the future that you have in store for us. We're going to have a different confession, a champion confession. We're not going to lip service like losers. Come on, we're going to have a different thinking and confession like champions. We say yes, God, and everybody say amen, amen.